Hey everybody, welcome to the Matt Report. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Matt. Uh, this is the number one WordPress business podcast uh, in the universe ever. Ever created, ever will be created. It's just the best, right? If you haven't heard us uh, yet, where the heck have you been? MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. And if you want to become a pro member, MattReport.com slash join. Uh, and become a member and help, uh, help others and have others help you uh, grow your WordPress business. Today, uh, we are joined by world famous, <laughs> world, world famous entrepreneur of WordPress, Jake Goldman. Jake, welcome to the program. Thank you. I like that your show is universe. It's yeah. in the universe, but at least I have the world. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <world>. yeah. <laughs> See, people know me on Mars, uh, yeah. they, they just don't know you yet. Um, speaking of, um, this, this show is going to take an accelerated pace right past Jake. Uh, as a young WordPress person uh, and go right into uh, the sixth gear of where he's at today because I feel that most folks uh, know uh, who Jake is. If you don't, um, you're going to learn a whole heck of a lot about him. Uh, so, so, Jake, I'm going to open this up with a quote, um, uh, quoting, uh -oh. you, <laughs> quoting you, actually. <laughs> this is going to be uh, dangerous. Yeah, this is going to be dangerous. Uh, I feel like I can be a lot more, I don't want to say, you know, on the offensive, because I don't do that at the show, but I think we can have a little bit more fun, uh, you yeah. and I. Owning a company of 10 up scale uh, of up to 60 people is the wildest emotional roller coaster one can ever experience. At any moment, it can be the most thrilling or nausea inducing experience there is. Imagine you're the roller coaster conductor, not just the passenger, and every day the ride is different. Wear a strong seatbelt, don't forget to appreciate how special and exhilarating it always is, and remember that every lift, dip, and calm stretch is just a moment, not the whole ride. Sunglasses feeling rough. Jake Goldman on Facebook. So Jake, you have one of the largest privately held uh, WordPress agencies. Can you give us uh, some insight to that emotion and what it's what this roller coaster ride is like for you? Sure. Uh, my first piece of advice to all budding entrepreneurs is don't forget to check your Facebook friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sure. I mean, I think the, um, I don't think that, I think anybody that's been in an entrepreneurial position, you don't have to have 60 people to feel it right. I'm sure you feel it, Matt. I know you and I have spoken, um, you know, as you said, we're friends that go back before WordPress podcasts and before one could, the world, world famous, right, could be associated with us. Um, I think that, uh, I think there's a few, there's a few dimensions to that sort of reflection, right? The reality is in any given week when you have 60 people, and I think most people, for if having this candid conversation, most people know when you get to, when you've had a company now for a few years, right, some degree of churn, right, is inevitable, right? When you have 60 people and they've been around for a while, right, there you're going to have, you're going to have some people that come, some people that are ready to do something new, right? You're going to have new products going out the door. You're going to have things that, you know, didn't work, right, and that you want to shut down and move on from. So... You know, I think the sense that I was trying to express is that there's some weeks where you just have so much. It's 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 it can be. I mean, if just being open, right? There's some weeks where the the high, those highs and lows. You know, just you have to be able to step back for it, step back from it. Remember that those are all just moments. I mean, to in one week be able to you know launch our first fully owned product and be really excited about it, right? One day it can be you're on top of the world and it's the greatest moments ever, and then you know the next day yeah, you're having a hard conversation with a client, you're having a hard conversation. Right, that you don't really enjoy, uh, you know, with a member of your team, um, and it's uh, it's it's a humbling experience, um, and it's also, I guess, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every day 
it is a challenge, and it, it's uh, it's one of those things where you're always as as open as we all are. Quote uh, on the web, it, you know, these running a business is always scary because you're always afraid to to hit publish. You're always afraid to ship that version of code. Um, and uh, as, an, as a business owner, uh, you're afraid of the reflection uh, that that has uh, on your company, on your team, um, and then all the stresses of, of, of running a business and providing for that team and making sure that you, you live up to be the leader that you, you aspire to be and hopefully uh, keep inspiring your team. Let's, yeah. uh, let's talk directly about, about the business. You've seen some fascinating growth over um, you know, a quote, relatively short amount of time uh, over the last few years. Um, on a more technical level, is is TenUp completely bootstrapped, uh, or do you have any kind of investors? Uh, 100% bootstrapped. That's awesome. Uh, and to go from zero to literally 60, uh, or nearly 60, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. what has that ride been like? You know, in terms of your day to day, like Jake Goldman, the the developer, to Jake Goldman. You know the the business owner. You already kind of reflected on it, but what were the biggest challenges you faced outside of development and, and building a product, but just human resources, management, growth, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean it's a balancing act. I mean the hardest thing that I still have to do. In fact, it, it, if anything, it, it maybe gets harder, right? Um, except that I have less. I don't have to multitask and do worry about doing engineering as much, right? As we get larger, though I like to stay a little bit attached to that. I think the um, like for me, the act of being able to do this bootstrapped, right, is you have to keep in a harmony, which is ultimately a lot of guesswork, right? How many people you're going to need, right, in two, three months, how much work you need to keep them busy, right? And I think the point where we've had the largest growing pains, right, because you don't go through this kind of, you know, growth, especially in this period of time and not have growing pains, um, is when when those forecasts, those educated guests are off in one direction or the other, right? Especially on the sales side, right? I mean, you, you've been in sales both in WordPress and I think which really helps you as a business person beyond WordPress, right? Like in other marketplaces, right? So you know that when you're trying to grow a company, you're, you're selling to a broad variety of customers. You're maintaining a certain large pipeline, right, of deals, sort of statistically how much you think you need to keep yourself busy. You can sometimes have months, and lucky for us, we've had a few of these, where it's way off the average below, right? You can have a month where you think you've got some prime deals lined up and just the stars don't align. Um, we're very lucky in that that hasn't happened that often, but you can also have the other problem, right, where you say maybe our close rate of the deals we really want is 20% or 30%, right, and then you just have a month where you're on top of it, right, and now you've closed 60, 70% of that business and, you know, as the old expression goes, congratulations, you got the work. I'm sorry, you've got to get it done <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, so I think our biggest growing pains have always been what it, when we, I think when we, when we miss, when I don't quite hit on the nail on the head in terms of how much we have to plan to do, right? And those are the those are the nights and those are the months where I have to really, you know, I have to go the extra mile and I'm giving up a lot of, you know, free time and evenings and weekends on recruiting or, you know, and staffing and, you know, ramping that up a little bit. So is your day-to-day today uh, still uh, is it is it the outside sales is it the business development is that the, the core focus that, that you're uh, focused on right now yeah I mean my focus is um, my focus is admittedly pretty spread thin I'm, I'm lucky enough that once if I'm lucky if once a month for a few hours I get to actually get my hands in code I, I don't want to get too far away from what it means to actually understand our craft at the ground level although I'm not there are people that are much sharper on the team than I am most of my day-to-day now it's probably it's probably a quarter business development. It's probably a quarter uh, talent development and recruiting and um, you know and 
generally personnel management and growth. Um, probably a quarter back-end sort of CEO operations of the company, everything from legal to contractual to, you know, to frankly, man, you know, managing, you know, again, employment, you know, and employee issues, um, all the way to the last, I guess the, in the last quarter, honestly, is whatever, you know, whatever between servicing over 80 customers and working with 60 people, that just bubbles up. Mm. Take us back to the uh, earlier days of TenUp uh, when you were still in Providence and you and I were still hanging out uh, at meetups. When, or what was the balance like, or how did you get through uh, the balance of the highs and the lows? So for the smaller boutique agencies that are out there, or the freelancer who's looking to finally either partner with a, a developer or bring somebody on full time, what was your strategy? So you know, you're out there selling, and then you're, you've you've got a, a you know six month pipeline, but then that pipeline starts to dry up. How did you balance that? What did you do to to work through that to to keep on uh, scaling? Sure, I guess I can offer a few insights um, there, and I think you know I, I've said this before in other public settings. You know, I didn't wake up one morning and have some brilliant you know embedded insight that somebody else didn't have. I was very fortunate that before I started Ten Up, to have spent the last seven or eight years in leadership roles in different agencies, right, in different consultancies, right. So I had an appreciation and an understanding for what it meant, right, to grow things. So a few a few things I would offer, right. One. Um, it is critical if you want to grow a company that you're not just thinking about, especially in web development, you're not just thinking about in and out projects, right? That you're thinking about from the beginning, Does is this project a project you want to work on for a month and then go away? Or is this project that has long-term potential? Is this, project, is this a customer that can be my customer with a steady stream of work for years, right? You know, and retainer, retainers and ongoing agreements, and even the ones that you don't know if they'll become, right, ongoing agreements, building a relationship with that customer so it does become that, right? Those recurring revenue streams are critical, right? Like I you know, the notion of 60 people, right, is a lot more scary, right, if somebody's thinking I've got to sell 60 people's worth of work every six months, right, that's not what it is. Most overwhelmingly, most of our revenue is in long-term relationships, right, and long-term ongoing customers. Second piece of feedback that I offer um, to an audience like yours is take the time, if you don't understand sort of the accounting and the math, right, and the finance side of business on your own, find a mentor or a partner or a friend that does understand that, because it, it's, I mean, I had when I when I was first looking at a while ago what it would mean to start my own business. Um, in one case, before I even had as much agency leadership experience and was thinking about it, I had you know a friend that was a CFO at a larger company that sat me down, and I feel like an idiot having gone to business school that he needed to do this, but he really showed me the math, right? And it's it's it. It's stunning to a lot of developers, right, especially the ones that are effectively and successfully consulting in WordPress, to look at the math and understand that, for example. If you're charging, if you're positioning yourself where you can charge, you know, a, a good, reasonable going rate, right, in this ecosystem, if you can even book half your time, right, just half your time, just 20 hours a week, and give that to somebody that you hire and somebody that you give the stability, right, you know, you know, of a job that that problem that pays for that person, that pays for some of you as well, and has freed you up to go pursue more work. So I think understanding like the math and the finance, which is very eye-opening to some people, um, and having understood that was a big uh, part of it. The last piece of it, um, I sound like, you know, it's like I'm being cliche here, but I'll say it anyways, it is hard work, right? It is just understanding that when to go from one to two pretty much means you're gonna have to do one and a half people's worth of work, right, before you can add that next person. Right to go from two to three means the two of you are probably going to have to do one and the quarters people's work before you want to add the next person. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Will Reynolds uh, of Sear Media, which is a, a larger SEO firm, um, and he actually did the CEO swap with Rand Fishkin of um, SEO Moz. That's what he he said. I mean, he says when you hire when you hire somebody else, especially in the early days, like hell, even maybe employees one through ten, mm-hmm. every time you you take on that next employee in that range, you're back to eating ramen noodles because <laughs> one, it's that it's 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 the money uh, crunch uh, cash flow. Um, but you're always, you know, maxing out. You're always revving out uh, a little bit more uh, of yourself until you can actually uh, justify taking right. it on. It is hard work, and that's a lot of, a lot of. That's the biggest lesson that folks are just have their blinders on to sometimes because I think in this startup tech world, it's always like, yeah, make a Flappy Bird fifty thousand dollars a day. <laughs> <The> jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like right. everybody can be gravity forms, right? Right, right. You know, everybody can be gra- right, gravity um, forms, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think you've, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, and and the truth is, right? I mean, a lot of people, they're what's popular and what's successful. We, which, which is not necessarily a bad thing, we like to talk about, right? We like to focus on. And for some companies that have high costs of doing business that are not in labor, right? You know, it makes sense to take on investment, right? Which can create a little bit of a, I, th- I think, a little bit of a skewed perspective as compared to how agencies should be developed. Now, unless you're a business person, right, that just doesn't know anything about sort of the technology that you're servicing, you know, there's no, from my perspective, you know, I think there's very little reason for agency services to need to take investment at the beginning. There might be some small amount of either reaching into your own pocket if you have some savings or someone close to you just to get, you know, to know that you can pay for yourself, right, for some number of months, you know, while you get yourself off the ground. But beyond that, I mean, especially with the number of contractors out there, you don't have to hire right away, right? You can have, you can start with, you know, engaging freelancers. I mean, every unit, if you're doing it right, every, almost every unit of work you do, right, should have income coming in with it, mm. right? It's not like a product where you have to have a 24-7 support, you know, a massive national product where you have to have like a 24-7 support team and pay for a lot of servers, right, and pay for a lot of, you know, you know, cost of doing business and overhead where you need that investment. Right. The, uh, I, want, I want to get to picking the right freelancers early on, which then hopefully transitions into a, a full-time employee. But before we get there, should the folks in the audience be focusing on finding the right client that you know you're going to have an extended relationship with? And if so, how do you either vet those types of customers and what kind of services are you offering that's ongoing? Are you looking for people that have big projects that you know this is a big project, so I'm going to be on a retainer for at least a year, or is it more service stuff that you get into? Any insight uh, to that? Uh, So it's a little bit of both, I guess. Um, So, I mean, speaking for where we are now, we have everything from large customers that just have continuous development needs, right? They're always adding new features, rolling out campaigns, right? They're always trying. I mean, for many of our customers, I mean, their website is their medium, right? It is the core in many ways of their business, right? So just like, you know, just like any other company there, they want to be constantly improving it and constantly staying ahead. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's customers that are themselves growing and adding new properties, right? You know, and adding new, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's a, like a magazine, right, that they're adding new specials, right, that they're adding new columnists, right, and they need they need support for all of them. Um, the, uh, I think there's another half of that. 
other half of that question I missed. In terms of like getting started, like I guess you were alluding to like what do you what do you ask at the beginning early yeah, on? Yeah, I mean like some folks would be like, hey, so you get a referral from your mom's neighbor's cousin and they need a website for their restaurant. Like you know that they're not going to have the budget and you know you won't be coming back to you quite often unless it's like updating their menu, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. is there another... Uh, yeah, I'm not, I would say, I mean, obviously at the very beginning, right, when you're just making a name for yourself, you have, you have to what I call do your time, right? You have to do your time with those kind of customers to build a portfolio, to build cred, and you shouldn't be ashamed of doing your time um, and serving those kind of customers. I think at some point you have to ask yourself, and it's, a lot, it's partly a what do you want to do, what do you want your business to be question, right? You have to ask yourself whether you want to build something, right, larger than yourself or whether there's nothing wrong with that, whether you're happy sort of just being a free agent and being, you know, taking on those kind of regular projects. If you want to grow beyond sort of yourself and maybe one partner, um, you have to be asking yourself, you know, you have to be asking yourself what the path is, you know, for that customer. Like, how do you how do you build work that you don't have to worry about being a recurring series of revenue, mm. right, to pay for other employees all the time, right? Nothing will put your mind more at ease for growing your company than knowing that you've built a relationship with somebody that's going to have you know, that's going to pay for some cost for somebody else to work with you for an ongoing period of time without having to lift, you know, too many fingers. Has your definition of that path changed since hiring employee number two to hiring employee 50-something that you're at now? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, we are, are everything from our rate, right, to our expectation of what, what's enough work to justify it being ongoing um, has certainly gone up. Mm. Is, has your vision changed at all? Like where you kind of felt you would be in in a few years, um, for for better or for worse? Um, I don't. My instinctual answer is no. I mean, it tweaks, it expands, it gets adjusted, right? Um, the core of TenUp's vision, the core of TenUp's mission, right, is to is, is to make web publishing and content management simple and fun. Right. I mean, from the earliest versions of the website, if you go back and look in the Wayback Machine, you know, our About Us page talks about the idea that content management sucks for a lot of people, right, historically. And we think that that not only can that not suck, right, but that done the right way might even be a fun experience to manage websites. So I think we've always stayed true to that vision, right, and that belief system. Now, as we get larger and as we have more bandwidth to do new things, products become a part of that vision, right, like design has become increasingly important to that vision beyond engineering. We've added things like monetization strategy, right, to that vision, but it's always, it's still very much around that nuclear core. Nice. Um, Going back to finding that, that employee number two or uh, partnering with a great freelancer, I attended one of your talks at WordCamp Boston, uh, where you had your top 10 questions for vetting um, uh, a freelancer or, or an employee, uh, as it were. So for somebody bringing on a partner or, or somebody in a small boutique agency, how important is this vetting process? Um, you know, aside from the typical, you know, like references and, you know, the typical sort of, I guess, human resources side of it, how important is this vetting process for WordPress uh, developers to you uh, and to others? Uh, I mean, it's it's critical. Um, I mean, the an agency is its people, right? Like an agency, fundamentally, fundamentally, what you're selling. And I've said this elsewhere, right? Fundamentally, what you're selling is a team, right? Like we're not the only ones that know how to make a website, right? There's plenty of companies that, if the product, if you think of the product just as making a website that can do that, right? What makes your company different than another company, as much as all of us, I'm sure there's plenty of owners that would like to think it's all them, right? That makes a difference, and it's all the time that they've spent writing culture messages and value messages, 
right? The truth is that what makes a company what it is, what makes a company succeed is its team, right, and its people. Um, if you don't have the right people, nothing will sink you faster than having the wrong people. Nothing will make you soar faster. Um, and has been very lucky, you know, in this respect than, than having the best people. Um, so, I mean, a lot of my time spent on vetting. We take a fairly small percentage, right, of the people that are introduced to us. Um, that come to our door. I think it's my. I think my number one responsibility in terms of the health of the company is making sure we have good people, right? And making sure that our team stays strong. Um, I think what was, what was the last statistic I saw? I think one out of five Americans are uh, employed by TenUp. <laughs> <laughs> no, not maybe one out of five states has TenUp. Yeah, <laughs> not that high, but I mean, so you you don't take on everybody. I mean, do you have? Uh, one would imagine you'd have uh, lots of folks uh, knocking on the door. Uh, recently in the in the think tank uh, episode from Troy Dean, you guys kind of spoke about, hey, look, like we're we're not even looking at WordPress developers. We're looking for PHP, Java. Um, you know, how important is it? Uh, how important is it to you that they come in with WordPress experience? And do you have a program of leveling up uh, for if they don't know WordPress? So that's a great question. Um, for sure our ideal candidate, right, at least for web engineering roles, not necessarily for design or front-end roles, but at least for the web engineering roles, um, for sure our ideal candidate has at least some applied experience with WordPress. Um, now, if you, I will say, so candidates and some of our best employees, right, that come in with maybe very minimal WordPress experience, but some familiarity, we don't, we don't have to start on day one from what is WordPress, right, and what is a CMS, right, come in with very strong underlying theoretical skills, right? So they have like degrees in computer science or a similar field. Um, they have hands-on applied experience with PHP, right, in web technologies and building websites. Um, if you have that theoretical training from a good university, right, in a good school, um, and you have some applied experience building websites, I think you can pick up WordPress very quickly and very easily. You can, we can all, we'll also hire employees that compensate for the lack of, you know, theoretical training by having a lot of applied experience with WordPress. It's pretty rare I'll hire somebody that that only has applied experience making websites and doesn't have WordPress experience. I'm very happy hiring people that have good theoretical training um, in skills and leveling them up. Um, I do think that obviously it's an ideal for us. I don't, I don't, I don't think the field and the marketplace always lends itself to the ideal. Um, I, I think this, I mean, this is a, probably a different subject, but I do also, it is, it does inform my philosophy about um, how we attract the next generation of developers, right, and how we make WordPress appealing, right, to a new generation. Because I will tell you, like, the, I have made hard appeals to people that are not, quote, WordPress developers, but simply great developers that I respect and seem to be very talented. Um, and it, I think some people in our community may be surprised how, off, how often I hear even when I get the foot in the door and get a conversation going, how often I hear just disinterest, right, from great developers that don't already haven't already drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, disinterest from building on top of WordPress, you mean? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's really that is interesting. That and I, you said that in, on Think Tank too about how you know some of the, you know the more elite uh, developers uh, out there are just like yeah, it's just not interesting. I mean. Is it, and I think even you said, um, it's not like you're coding PHP any better uh, than some of the PHP developers. So, I mean, do you have, uh, and I get this, I get this question coming up. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to segue into this. So today, <laughs> so today, I released my interview with uh, uh, Paul, Paul uh, Mariana of uh, 
VP platform services at VIP. Right. So at the time when we had this, when we had the discussion, he uh, VIP and Automatic hadn't launched their developer training program. I, I forget the official title, mm-hmm. uh, but that's one of the things he and I spoke about. Like, how can we make developers more attracted to this? Mm-hmm. Um, their program, I think, is like 900 bucks a seat or something like that. So. Should, you know what is what is it like for a business owner who is sort of now competing with the mothership, for lack of a better word, <laughs> because you're you're growing so fast. You're looking for talent. They're looking for talent. We're both working on the same software. Um, you know, are are would you entertain sending your some of your employees to their program to level up, um, or should we be doing something totally different to attract uh, the developer uh, to go to WordPress? Sure. So I'm, I'm not sure if this is where you're going with the question. The first thing I do want to say is we don't consider Automatic a competitor. We consider them a very strong partner. Right. right? Yeah. I don't mean like good. competing in, in products, but just getting talent to, you know, if, sure. if somebody's really talented out there, do I want to work with Automatic? Do I want to work with 10up? Sure. And, and I do think that there's still enough talent out there, right, for there to be, you know, enough options for every, you know, for a lot of different players in the space, right? Known names and unknown names um, in the space. In terms of like what VIP is doing to attract new developers, what Automatic's doing, um, I mean, I, I'll take help. I'll take help anywhere, you know, good programs anywhere I can get it. I do think, um, I do think we need more programs. I can tell you that it's very much on my mind that this is a problem. I would love to. I would love in our future. I don't think we're there yet in terms of devoting our resources to this. I would love for there to be a you know a ten up school, right? Like you know, I think. You know, I think there's models for this in other platforms and other CMSs that have been around for longer where some of the leading shops, right, and some of the leading agencies sort of build training programs. You don't have to be, you know, it serves both incoming employees um, as well as people that are not within the company. I mean, there's nothing, most platforms that have not been successful over time that have had beyond even the popularity of WordPress um, have usually failed over time um, or in some measure have failed over time due to developer abandonment, right? Due to lack of developers, right? And more often than not, bad implementations, software gets a bad reputation from bad developers, right? And a bad development community that can't serve it. It might not be fair to the underlying platform, but it does tarnish the underlying platform. Um, we see some of that, I think, sometimes with WordPress, right? I mean, the, the notion that WordPress, for example, is insecure, Right or hackable is is just untrue, right? Compared to other software, but um, there are plenty of people that um, because WordPress is so approachable that maybe don't understand some theory behind either security, right, of software or you know reliability or best software development practices. And because we're you know we take the bazaar, not the cathedral model, right? There's a lot of sites that get hacked, right? And um, you know, I think we should be wary. We should be wary of having like a Windows-like reputation, right? You know, Windows, you know, a lot of its reputation of like around like Windows Vista and stuff for like instability, a lot of it had to do with bad development, right? On top of the platform, a lot of it had to do with popularity and people targeting it, right? Mm-hmm. And the uh, other half of my question uh, with automatic, uh, you mentioned um, partnerships and things like that. I'm curious to know. Uh, one, this is another loaded question. One. Could there ever be another? Will we ever see another 10up uh, spawn as quickly as you, or as grow as fast as you? Um, had you not been so 
deeply embedded in WordPress from the beginning. Could there be an elite programmer coming from somewhere saying, I'm going to start a WordPress shop and grow it as fast as Jake Goldman, um, you know, having not been around for so long and carrying the quote-unquote legacy of Jake? Uh, so... I want to think about that before I answer it. It's, it's <laughs> funny what's 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 echoing in my head is the legacy of Jake's. I think you you think there's some something more going on there than I do, um, in terms of repute. Um, I I don't actually know the answer to that question. It's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do think there's plenty of room for another hungry person, right, mm -hmm. to come in and you know and, and build a you know build a great agency. There are great agencies out there that maybe put WordPress less at the center but use it as their CMS, right, of choice. Some of which are larger. Right, and then ten up, um, some of which are huge, right, which make WordPress at the center. So yeah, I mean, I do think there's plenty of opportunity to come in and still do amazing things, right, in the agency space, you know. And if that's what you want to do, to you know, it's not the only path. If that's what you want to do, build a large team. Um, I, you know, I won't, you know, I think there's no denying that part of our ability to grow quickly and be successful is tied to timing, right? Is tied to you know starting ten up at a moment. I mean, I certainly started ten up at a moment where I thought. There was still a lot of opportunity. WordPress was still at the very beginning of a growth curve, right? And that there was a real opportunity. And um, with all respect to my some of my peers, my friends, a real a real opening, right, for a shop like Tenup to come in. Mm. Um, Are you still at, now that you're at that scale? Do you still see growth potential? Oh, you know, for sure. I mean, um, growth potential unquestionably, right? Like, I mean, I think we've added since we we don't. We don't tweet about them as much. We don't, we don't blog post new hires anymore because our blog was just becoming silly, um, right? But I think we've added since January, since the start of the year, we've added more people than we ha hired in our first two years, right? Um, or close to that, maybe a little less than that. Um, if anything, if anything, um, if anything, I think we have a choice about about what scale we want to be at. I think we'll, we'll, we want to keep growing. We want to keep. We want to keep getting larger. We want to be as large as. To me, the number of people is irrelevant. We want to be as large as we can. Well, that in a way that enables us to be as awesome as we can. Mm. Right at building websites and building web experiences and releasing web projects. Um, you know, I wouldn't be. I think the percentage of growth will slow down simply because I don't think that. I mean, I think we have had 300% year-over-year growth, right, or something. And when you get to 60 people, the idea that we could have in the next year another 120 people here and maintain our quality standards, right, I think is a little is a little overwhelming to think about, right? So mm -hmm. I think we'll slow down the percentage of growth because we want to make sure that new people that come into the company get the training and the support, right, that they need to be successful and can become those next rock stars. Um, but we'll keep growing. Yeah. Um, speaking of growth and um, and of course WordPress, <laughs> what technologies are out there that uh, that you're running into uh, as uh, competition or alternatives to what you're offering up WordPress? Um, something aside from Drupal, but is there any other platform or software that folks should know uh, about and um, be kind of gearing up for as they grow to your uh, size uh, that they they might be running into in in, in the negotiation room? So that's, an, that's another great question because I think this actually goes to a debate that's very interesting to me, which is what is WordPress's purpose, right? What is it intended to be as a platform? If you're like me and you define WordPress's predominant purpose as being a content management and publishing platform that's extensible to add on all kinds of functionality to a predominantly publishing or content management-centric experience, 
Um, I, I don't think today that there is a better choice right out there for the kind of customers that we serve. If there was, we'd probably be using it as well um, as WordPress. I mean, I think there are sometimes better choices for you know people that are just want to spend $15 a month right, and have a more commercial solution, want to set something up quickly. Um, I think we're seeing an interesting trend driven by basically Wall Street valuations of some really huge companies like Vox Media trying to go the proprietary route um, based on, I think, a very fallacious argument about their company's worth and their company's, you know, valuation on the market by having proprietary software stacks. But they um, use WordPress now, right? Or no, I mean, a lot of them, have, a lot of them have built their own proprietary content management systems. Hmm, I, thought, um, I thought The Verge was powered by WordPress. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember offhandedly if The Verge is. I don't think it is, though. Um, but I can tell you that there are other, like Lamb Media and other, who I've talked to leaders there that have this, that have gone the proprietary route, right? Huge, hundred millions of dollars, right, in revenue publications that, I had a conversation briefly four or five months ago with the CEO of Glam Media, and he was, I mean, he didn't even, I mean, I think some of it was just spin, right, but didn't even want to hear it, like, on open source, right? To, to me, it's nuts, right? Like, to me, it's like, okay, well, why, why use PHP? Or, like, why right. not build your own, like, programming language on top of C++ <laughs> as well. You know, why, why not build your own operating system? Right. Right, or your own, like, your own version of, like, PageMaker, right, for your right. print, you know, publications. To me, it's silly, but they have it in their heads that this proprietary technology stack offers some sort of differentiation, increases their valuation because you're buying a software assets, not just, right, not just content. Um, so we see that at the very high end. At the very low end, I mean, I think things like Tumblr, things like um, things like Squarespace will deservedly eat at the people that want to spend $15, $30 a month on a plug-and-play site. And to be honest, that's not a market that particularly interests me, right, or that I, that I care all that much about for our business. I think WordPress for what we do is still the best choice. It's why we still invest so much in it, right? It's why we still use it. Yeah. That's why we still use it predominantly. But I, I, one last quick thought there. I will say that this is partly why the conversation about like WordPress's future should be an app engine, like a framework or programming language worries me because I, I, I think we have extremely stiff competition, right, and better choices if we just want to be like a, like a set of wrapper functions, mm. right, and uh, dependencies. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Um, but the – and I agree with you, uh, you know, in the interview that went out today with Paul – uh, I had mentioned at that time that I was on the on a call with a, a Fortune 50 company trying to um, talk to them about WordPress, a WordPress solution. And the guy, w it was a vice president of, of something <laughs> that I was talking right. to. And I don't know how many levels of vice presidents this, this company had, but he just told me straight out, he said, look, I'll, I'll entertain the call because you were referred to me, but... I, if I even mention WordPress, I'll, I'll probably get fired when I get to the boardroom because they're going to look at me and be like, WordPress, like that's, that's some free software. We're not going to run this platform on WordPress. Uh, so it was very frustrating, um, you know, and that's actually how I met Paul, brought him onto the call to try to, uh, to convince them, but they weren't, they weren't even having it. So very frustrating when uh, the enterprise, I guess, or the big, even the big brand, uh, big media brands like a Vox are saying no to that. But I mean, is that why Silicon Valley doesn't really cover the the WordPress stuff because it's open source and no one is really interested in open source uh, because it's you know valuations and in the bubble. What do you mean by cover it? Uh, well, I mean, I, they they'll cover launches, but there's not like you know you're not seeing a lot of tech startup spin or news uh, coming from WordPress. I mean, maybe we're not doing things. 
bit with a big enough splash. So um, if we mean covering like WordPress as a platform, they do cover, right? Some of those big publications do cover major updates to WordPress or mm -hmm. to WordPress.com, right? I mean, we think of like TechCrunch and some of these other ones, right? They're, what they're really covering is business, is business news, right? Not platform and software um, news. And so they do, the ones that cover software news do cover WordPress itself, updates and major news. I do think that, I do think you're raising a different interesting question, maybe, which is WordPress-centric WordPress businesses, right, and startups, why they don't get that coverage. Um, and I'll probably, I'll probably frighten or put off some people in this room when I, when I tell them that when you speak to investors, right, and you speak to people that are looking at product businesses, you will hear over and over again, right, that there's no money, right, in, the, in WordPress businesses, right? I mean, I've said on the record that I think the WordPress, quote, unquote, you know, gold rush is a total myth, right here. Now, maybe it's we have a different definitions and investors have different definitions of what a gold rush is, right? And when an investor brings a million dollars to the table, right, they want to build a $20 million or $30 million company, right? For some people in the WordPress ecosystem that has a very freelancer kind of roots, is very sort of independent, hippie would be a strong word, right, that has a very sort of like independent streak, right? You can build a, you can build a decent lifestyle business, you can build a decent modest business, right on it. You can have a few outliers like everybody wants to point to gravity forms, right? That hit a central, you know, niche. But I mean I mean but even like, you know, even gravity forms or even iThemes, I mean the scale of these companies that we look at as very successful, right, are are blips on the radar of the kind of companies TechCrunch covers, right? And some of these big publications cover. Um, so there's that. Yeah, <laughs> for what it's worth, I when yeah. I originally covered the uh, the written interview with you for SEO slides, I submitted it to TechCrunch, um, sort of as like a WordPress startup uh, investor news thing, and I got nothing. But <laughs> either way, I'm trying, I'm trying for everybody. Yeah. Um, one last question from from what you're seeing in. Uh, from your uh, altitude in the WordPress business, inevitably large platforms uh, like a Google with changing search um, algorithms and not being able to see search terms and Facebook changing ad platforms. How do you see Jetpack <laughs> impacting our platform uh, in WordPress? Um, I think Jetpack actually provides a lot of value for a certain class of um, website, a certain class of bloggers. I mean, the, what Jetpack at its best, right, what Jetpack solves is the fact that WordPress as a core, install it on anywhere from cheap GoDaddy hosting, right, poor GoDaddy, it's just it's got that brand now, right, everything from cheap GoDaddy hosting to, you know, the most premium hosting that you can find out there, right, um, because that's its install base, right, the core software can't do some of the crazier stuff, right, that a completely controlled end-to-end -end infrastructure you know, like, like a Squarespace infrastructure all the way to, right, all the way to the publishing experience can. You don't know when somebody installs WordPress if they're going to time out, right, after 30 seconds on a script. You don't know if they're going to have a series of dependencies, right, in PHP installed. You can't even reliably know what version of PHP without putting people through the headache of constant requirement changes, right, they're going to run. You don't know how fast the server is going to be. You don't know, you know, what the memory, you know, limits are going to be on that server. So open source compared to commercial solutions can be hamstrung, Right, in terms of doing more interesting things. So what Jetpack solves right, is it, it takes what you can distribute in an open source product and adds on top of it a layer of services that are controlled through an infrastructure that, that, that Matt and Automatic and their investors do control, 
right on WordPress.com. So you can do things like CDN, you can do things like lazy loading, you can do things like social, you know, uh, you know, having a having feeds of like for social ingestion into search engines that you can't reliably without making the software have much higher dependencies do than open source. So I think it's great that we're giving people that want to run open source software a way to run their own install, own their own content, and get some of those features that you just can't count on hmm. putting in open source. Now that you're getting uh, into product, do you keep an eye on what they offer up uh, through that? Like if, you know, hey, they all of a sudden they come forward with some kind of SEO slide competitor or, or push notifications. Get, <laughs> push <laughs> notifications. What what does Jake do? Uh, how do you keep your pulse on that? Are you just saying, you know, heads down working and we'll just provide a better product? Yeah, so I, I'll be honest, I do worry about that, right? Like I do worry about what it means for Jetpack as a 100-pound gorilla, right, to come in and just say, we want to add that feature right to our plugin and you know and um, they're able to give it away from for effectively free right because of the success of wordpress.com I you know that's not something I really like to be if I'm being very candid that giving away something for free because you have revenue from a different space right or you have a different business model um, is not something I love whether it's Google doing it right to a competitor or whether it's you know or Apple or any of the other you know big players I think our economy in general runs risk very often of big players that have a very different have a very different uh, scale and a very different uh, monetization scheme, squashing independent um, innovation. Um, so I do worry about it. My, I guess my, the reason I choose to nonetheless invest in this space, right, and contribute to this space, is because I think that even if they do, there are, is still a space for a more a more finely tailored. Right solution that's not sort of the broad one-size-fits-all solution. I also like to think that um, that automatic CEO, you know, that Matt, you know, who is, you know, like I consider a friend, and that their board is has enough presence of mind in ways that we've seen to understand that it serve does not serve them to aggravate or push away, right, or destroy the community around them. Um, you know, I, I mean, automatic could add consulting services, right, and cut off. Right and be the be the elephant in the room, um, in that space. They've chosen not to. I think because they understand that if they do what other platforms like um, Movable Type have done and cut that off, cut that arm off of their community, that they're in the long term doing themselves a disservice. Um, you know, and we'll have to see. You know, we'll have to see as Automatic's investment investors change, as their strategy changes. You know, we'll have to be attuned. I'm going to jump right to this uh, hot seat question that I had for later on. Um, so, you know, given with what you just said, um, Tenup just rolled out two uh, new products. Uh, I think we're going to save the pro like directly talking about like the development and, and promotion and marketing of that product uh, for another show. We're going to touch upon it, but I'm not going to get too deep into it. But you released two products with all the manpower, talent uh, that Tenup has. I was thinking that maybe you guys should be forking WordPress, <laughs> and I'm serious. Uh, I'm serious because uh, the way the way I see it is, eventually, you will be offering services to somebody who wants to be the Vox, but without the Vox money. But WordPress doesn't do it. So, if Skynet all of a sudden took over the world and we had all that stuff happen to WordPress, where hey, now Jetpack is that hundred pound. 100,000-pound gorilla in the room, uh, is Tenup our, you know, valiant knight to come out of the, the dark shadows with its own publishing platform? Go. 
<laughs> yes, we've started the fork. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I, a few dimensions to that question. First, I mean, the, the, the honest and politically correct thing you know, to say is that I think that our team and our core contributors and what we give to WordPress goes further with all the other people you know, that are collaborating to it. I think we're accomplishing more working with, you know, the amazing community that's out there than we could on our own. Um, that's a sincere answer. I think the next thing to say is part of the reason I find the, the approach that Vox and others are taking to proprietary platforms a bit silly is because I haven't found that thing, right? I haven't found that thing with how extensible WordPress is, with the contributions we make where it has flaws to make it better. I haven't found that thing, at least for a content management and publishing centric solution where WordPress you know, isn't able to do it. Can we argue around superficial edges about whether it's nicer to have, you know, the page screen not need to reload as opposed to Ajax? Yeah, sure, but ultimately those things are superficial, right? In terms of like what matters, which is delivering a good experience for the people writing content, delivering a good experience for the people consuming the website, I can honestly say that I have not come across um, a place where I've said like, you know, WordPress fundamentally can't, can't even begin to do that. Let's Right, we need to fork it. Mm -hmm. um, to the broader question of, I, I guess what we're saying here, right, is you know if if the the owners of the WordPress open source project, right, you know, and uh, another 100 pound gorillas, right, like an automatic in the room, somehow became evil, quote unquote, could the community could, would ten up, you know, and I think many other players in this space um, could be banned together. Could, I mean, could WordPress or some variation of WordPress survive without automatic? Right in, th in the traditional largest contributors now, I think yes. Right, I think if for some reason Automatic were to disappear off the face of the planet, right, and contributors that work for WordPress, I think the community that's out there, and including TenUp and others, um, could make this product continue to be successful. And I think that's, by the way, I think that's a huge win for WordPress. Mm. Something yeah, no, I'm very excited yeah. about. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, so now that you now that you have recently launched uh, push up and uh, you had the taste uh, into this with uh, SEO slides um, a while back we had a, a special Matt report with you and Chris Lemma we talked about sort of biz does business belong business track belong in, in word uh, uh, word camps yep. uh, has your your tune sort of changed a bit now that you're now that you're uh, into uh, two sort of formally launched products. Um, it's a fair question. I don't think it has. I haven't really thought about it a lot recently, to be honest. Um, you know, I think, and I do think it's easy to walk away, like for those of us that really pay a lot of attention, you know, to this community, probably more than is healthy sometimes, right? It's easy to walk away, I think, with a simplistic takeaway of, you know, like Chris is for business in the WordPress community and Jake is against it, which isn't, which was never the point, right? Like I do still think, I've seen you give great talks at Providence and elsewhere, right? I do think that there is a place for a few, for some business talks, right, at a WordCamp. Um, my aversion, right, to the idea that there's an entire track, right, that's about business, I think those tent poles, I think, remain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Speaking of WordCamps, as I forgot to uh, mention at the top of the show, WordCamp Miami uh, is going on, and because I don't have the notes in front of me, it's sometime in May. I think it's May 9th, 10th, and 11th, as I was supposed to promote it. Uh, but being the A-plus, you know, Colbert Report person that I'm supposed to be, I forgot to mention it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so this show uh, is... Uh, Sponsored by uh, WordCamp Miami, May 9th through the 11th, 2014, down at the University of Miami. I will be there speaking on the podcast panel uh, with a couple other couple other folks um, that are uh, running podcasts, and I will be doing a talk uh, in that 
business track uh, on Sunday. Uh, folks joining me on the podcast panel, Dradcast, WordPress Weekly, WP Girly Show, Apply Filters, and of course myself uh, representing the Matt Report. So folks, it's going to be an amazing event. Go ahead and check out uh, the link right below the live chat. Uh, and if you're not uh, on the live show today, you're listening to this in a recording, uh, it'll be in the show notes of this post. So back to our back to where our hero was. Um, that's a, that's an awesome camp, by the way. Yeah, yeah Dave, David and that team does a great job. Our director of uh, engineering, John Jacoby, will be there speaking. Nice, uh, uh, celebrating their fifth year, uh, which is which is amazing. Yeah. So uh, now back to you've launched the two products, um, up to sixty folks uh, working for you. Um, is there a unique difference, and this is one of the, the sort of arguments that I've heard you say before, is there's no real difference between a WordPress business and a business. Um, but now that you've got these two products out there, are you seeing some kind of difference um, in the WordPress business, like the market, the, the importance of making connections in the community, um, the sustainability of, of selling a plugin? Um, so I... I um... So, let me answer, so I'm trying to think how to best answer that question. The point of saying a WordPress business is no different than any other business is not to say that there's not, as there is in any marketplace or niche or community, right, that it doesn't have its own special, you know, characteristics, right, nuances. The point is, the point is that those characteristics and nuances aren't unique, aren't unique to WordPress. They're unique to any, any niche, any very narrow vertical or even broad vertical has its own characteristics, right? Like I, what what product, what marketplace is out there that doesn't have its own special properties. Right now we're about to start doing work for like a very large international like seed company, planting company. Like you can bet like in conversations with them, like there's all sorts of things about like how their community of growers will respond, how their competitors respond, the importance of their network, the peculiarities of selling that product. Um, so every industry, including WordPress, yeah, I mean, connections, how you sell it, understanding what it means for part of it to be open source. It has its quirks, but the fundamental business of, you know, you know, what's a profit, right? How do you market? What what percentage of your revenue should you reinvest in marketing? Right? How do you build a team? How do you find this at the back end is not it, from my perspective is not different. Hmm. Now, you know, speaking of like the same that same client that you're talking about, you know, is there one thing that we're sort of just jaded by in this WordPress business world? You know, be it the you know seven-figure theme clubs that we see uh, being tossed around. I think you kind of hinted at it before, but uh, what is it that we're that we're just have our blinders onto, or something that we're jaded by that we're getting drawn to the light like mosquitoes to a <laughs> to a light? Um, well, I mean, I think the good there's a I think there's a good side and a bad side to that, right? Like the good side, the good part of it is is that there there is a lot of opportunity for the independent entrepreneur, right? This is truly, you know, I, you've probably heard me make the joke before that there's I think there's this in babysitting left, right? You know, for true you know competition. I mean, you don't to make to be paid to make a website, you have to do one thing, which is convince the person paying for it that you can do it. There's no certification that says government approves. And allows that I can make websites. You need to pay for what a $500 computer to get started, right? At best, I mean the barriers to entry, the requirements, survey, it's virtually it's virtu it's as close to an unregulated, right? <laughs> truly open marketplace, right? Like as there is, right out there as a space. You can contract somebody if you want next door. You can contract somebody you know overseas, right? You know at discount you know labor rates. Um, so. I think that's very exciting in the sense that you can come from nowhere and be very scrappy and build yourself up and climb up the ladder, 
right, improve yourself. And I think that's very compelling to a certain kind of entrepreneur. Um, probably one that also values things like open source that has a more meritoc more of a meritocracy-based system and more transparency and openness um, as a system. Um, I think the flip side of it, I think that the negative thing we have to be careful about in the WordPress community is that I do think compared to other technology communities, we're particularly insular, um, you know, right, as a group. I think, Matt, you've done a great job of bringing in a lot of outside voices, right, into your podcast recently. And I love the fact that you brought in the kind of audience um, that listens and talks about WordPress, but the truth, but I, I mean, the truth is, like, compared to other camps that I've been to, you know, compared to other technology conferences, is we're a group that loves to talk to ourselves, right, more than any other, right? And I think that, you know, when when all you do is, uh, you know, is talk about when you hang when in the world of the internet we live in now, when you can hang out with a group of what seems like a ton of people, right, that 5,000 to 15,000 people that love talking about WordPress all the time, you can, in a very human way, you can deceive yourself into thinking that that's all the people in the world, right, when in fact it's not, right? It's a very passionate, you know, passionate group. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's, um, that's actually one of my uh, questions when we jump into the WordPress community stuff. Um, talking about how we just talk to each other. Uh, but before we get there, uh, the, uh, the, is, is that the, the, the underlining problem with the perception of WordPress because it is somebody who can pick up a $500 laptop and just start hitting the streets and start putting things together? Is that devaluing what we do from the, from the higher end when we, when we go into the 100000 or you know even fifty dollars to $100,000 project and beyond? Is that sort of what's holding us back uh, I, I really don't think so. I mean, if, if there's a truth in that, right, it's that what does hold us back is when people don't do a good job, right, and they reinforce, you know, they reinforce through, you know, simple headlines that don't tell the whole truth, right, about WordPress sites being hacked. But that That's a risk, right? But I, I mean, to me, that's like saying the, the fact that there's a $179 iPod shuffle, right, does that devalue Enterprise's desire to buy... $2,500 MacBook Mac Pros, right, and devalue their de desire to buy expensive iPhones for all their employees. No. In fact, I think it's very much the opposite, right? Like, I think WordPress's broad appeal to consumer tastes infiltrates, right, at the top. I think the fact that there is a ladder to climb, that somebody that doesn't have a lot of money can start with WordPress and grow up with WordPress, right, actually is how WordPress has succeeded. I mean, WordPress didn't get to the point that it's at today because somebody was going in and selling it right, the way Adobe does in large enterprises, it got there because slowly but surely more people were using it, more people realized it was compelling, right, more people enjoyed the experience of using it, um, and that th those tastes infiltrate, right? Mm. Um, another question that I don't have on the on the sheet, but something that just uh, sprung up, the, uh, I forget, I think it was Jeff Rowe's podcast where I, uh, I heard Matt talk about uh, Squarespace pulling an, an advert, Squarespace? Yeah, Squarespace pulling an advertisement for the Super Bowl, so dropping whatever it costs, uh, I don't know, two, three, four million dollars to run a run an ad during a Super Bowl uh, to, to, to broaden the awareness and, you know, it was sort of like take a step back, like, wow, I mean, should um, should WordPress, should Automatic, should, you know, Matt pull uh, a, a, an ad like that to spread awareness? Will we ever see that kind of awareness being spread to the consumer level for WordPress? Um, and you, as such a valued partner with uh, with Automatic, what do you look? How do you when you look in their direction? What do you say? Hey guys, uh, how can you how can you spread awareness? Or are you happy with uh, the amount of awareness in the enterprise level and the clients that you're that you're getting? Yeah, I, I mean, first, by the way, great questions. Um, you definitely making definitely making me think. So, 
the, the thought, the question that's going through my head, right, is, is WordPress a consumer product? Is that what it, where it needs to be marketed, right, at this point? WordPress.com is a consumer product, right? If Matt wants WordPress.com to be a, to be a, a very strong continued competitor to something like Squarespace, um, then yes, something like a major ad and major ad buy on a you know on a non-technology. I mean, I don't know how many technology geeks and website buyers are watching the Super Bowl. Um, speaking, projecting purely from my own clear sports fanmanship. Um, you you had chicken wings and hot dogs right wrapped somewhere around. else, not yeah. watching the show, <laughs> um, but in the spirit of it. Yeah. Um, so so WordPress.com. Yes, right. If WordPress.com is the place that they want to get people in and build a, build awareness around WordPress, which is an automatic product, right? That's where something like a Super Bowl ad comes in. I don't for our business. I don't really think of WordPress as a consumer product. I don't know really what a Super Bowl ad really buys, right? As a return on investment, right? Where we do as where we, we where we do as a community, where I think maybe where I think automatic is and can continue to contribute, and I think where we can team up as agencies and businesses. Right across the spectrum in WordPress is I do think we can make more effort to um, infiltrate a sales process into large enterprise and large business. Right, we I think we count too much on uh, we count too much on those consumer tastes, right, on those low level tastes and just good word of mouth and referrals. Mm. Right, like I, I'd like to see more enterprise teams and not just one company owning it, right, but something like our open source model that's a little bit more independent. Right, you know, or you know, you know, or not, not nonpartisan, but bipartisan. Right, like go into and sell into large companies. So not not approach like you know, not approach like a you know like a Price Waterhouse or something from the perspective of come buy Matt services or Jake services, but to approach them to say I want to talk about WordPress, I want to talk about open source platforms, I want to talk about how you use content management strategy and build those relationships. That's something that Acquia has done very well. Um, over the last few years that I think has had an impact. It's something that Adobe does extremely well and spends a lot of money on. Mm. Um, to me, if we were to spend money and team up and think more about overtly advertising, at least for our interests, um, that's a lot more interesting to me than like blitzing consumers. Mm. I mean, do yeah. you think more business comes to you as a as a as a website consultancy from consumers being more interested, a guy watching the Super Bowl being more interested in WordPress? No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Whereas um, if it's somebody that was going around every single state and running WordPress workshops for businesses and right, right, you know, holding business and enterprise dinners, right, 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 that probably would have a real impact. Right. Yeah, and you know, I, I let me just give sort of the context of why I ask these types of questions for folks that don't know. You know, we used to run. We being my family, my father uh, co-founded my studio with. Uh, we used to run. Uh, dealerships at the local uh, at the local community level, uh, General Motors and it was Mazda, then it was General Motors, Chevy, Cadillac, GMC, Pontiac, Buick, all that stuff, uh, and then we sold out. I don't know, however many years ago I started this business five years ago, five years ago sold out of the business before GM went bankrupt. So I've seen firsthand the mothership go from a brand of a of a century, right? General Motors started out. With a real, um, a real mission to help people get a vehicle and like to get to their job, to make a living, to deliver stuff, right? Um, for transportation, like when it really meant something back then. Um, to you know, fast forward a hundred years where it's just push metal, um, come out with a product, be profitable, and we've seen it to the level where the big brand is saying, 
these cars are great. You know, this, you have to go out there and sell these. Why aren't you selling these cars? And then on the ground, with the boots on the ground, these cars are falling apart. <laughs> They're very bland in design. They're bloated, you know, to use uh, a, a tech term. Um, you know, to then watching the company go bankrupt. And then also having your own competitors uh, in your own region or market band together um, for marketing dollars for the greater good of of all of you. I mean, you're all competing, but you're banding banding together to do marketing because General Motors or the bigger brand isn't isn't really supporting you the way they should. So that's sort of where these uh, crazy things come up. I know some folks don't like it because it sounds a little too like Matt's against WordPress. Well, if not, I'm just always questioning the machine. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's great. I mean, right. I'm, glad, I'm glad somebody else is questioning. The machine. <laughs> right. I think those. I think we can learn a lot from those models, right? I, the biggest growth that we can still have as companies providing agency services and products, the biggest growth we can have by far, right, is growing the marketplace, right, together for interest, right, compared to all fighting over, scraping over, right, the customers that want to use WordPress, which is a lot, right, but compared to that, the, the power of actually growing, right, investing in growing the interest and the adoption, there, there's a lot of work to go around for our community. Yeah. Yeah, let's jump into the community. Two, just I've got. I'm gonna pull two questions uh, for the interest of time from my community section. Um, you mentioned that uh, you know WordPress podcasts, media shows, potentially news sites. We're all just talking to each other in what we think is this, you know, huge world. Uh, Honey, I shrunk the kids kind of scenario <laughs> where we're just down here and everything looks gigantic. Um, you know, I'm just gonna drop the mic. But what do you think about? What should we be doing as podcasters, as mediapreneurs in this space um, to uh, broaden the horizons of, of folks, if anything, if we can do anything? If you can do anything, it's a good question. I mean, I think the, the lowest hanging fruit, right, is invite other people into the conversation, um, right? You know, I, I think I'd rather listen to a podcast, right, that invites people that I've that whose perspectives I've never heard that aren't coming from this inside perspective on WordPress that maybe don't even get, you know, entirely what WordPress is. Um, I'd love to hear more of those perspectives, right? I'd like to invite more feedback, right, and outside voices. I'd like to hear the stories of people that don't, don't, you know, like me and, you know, like to get on shows and toot their horn, right, you know, and their company's horn. I think those, I think we need to broaden, right, you know, we need to broaden the number of people that we invite in, you know, to tell stories. You know, I, um, it, I think there's a fair question. This is where I stop and trip over my words because I don't want to be... <laughs> I'm trying to teeter a balance here between use, giving useful feedback for our community and just being the, you know, being a peanut gallery. Um, there's probably some people in our community that like being a big fish in a small pond. Um, right? And I think that... I think, I think for that element of our community, I don't know that there's something that just podcasters and media can do except to maybe pierce right, that idea. I mean, I... I'm love being in this community. There's no but at the end of the sentence, by the way. I'm flattered, right, by the attention and interest people have in how Tenup do. I will also say that having worked in like government contracting, where a hundred-person company is a cute little small startup, right, that I hope that I also have a certain, a certain, you know, if anybody believes this, but a certain humility, right, to what to what's possible, right, and what big, right, really is. Um, you know, I don't consider 10up to be a big company. I consider it bigger than what a lot of people that sort of involve themselves in our community are doing, right? But I mean, most of our customers, you know, they could they could chop the entire size of our company off of them; they wouldn't even notice it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think you I, I think you mentioned this before uh, somewhere else. It's I think a lot of folks 
uh, like you say, you I think you chuckle and say, well, I, I do work for small business. Well, in your experience, small business is what the the what's the legal uh, the yeah. legal term for small business up to. 30, do you know what the government defines as a small business as? Thirty four million, right? In revenue. Uh, right in revenue. You know, in people wise, do you know what they define it as? Uh, up to hundred. I think it's one ninety nine now. One ninety nine. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a lot of automatic us, just passed the bar yeah. recently. Yeah. For small so, business. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of us, you know, and it's sort of it's the same kind of thing. We're 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 looking around. We think, you know, thousand, five thousand, fifteen thousand people is, is the is the entire universe of WordPress, but it isn't. Um, same thing. We say small business. A lot of us mean micro business, right? I mean, we're you know, folks that are building out. The fifteen hundred to to twenty five hundred dollars site is you know a lot of them for are for a micro business. If if you want to understand this in the extreme, right, go find like a rabid um go find a rabid political community, right on the internet, right of any stripe, right. It doesn't have to be left right. It can be you know for a specific interest group. And go re go 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 down the rabbit hole, right, like into their communities. And there are thousands of people there that are all talking to themselves. Right, that are convinced that don't, and you come in as this outsider, and it's like, right, it's like you know, you wonder, do these people get out? <laughs> right, because people know there's another point of view. I mean, the internet is phen- the internet can be phenomenal, right? And, and shows like yours can be phenomenal and can be, you know, can can change everything, right? Because you can, you have the power to invite in all kinds of voices that without a tool like this you might otherwise hear from. One of the dangerous things about the internet, though, is conversely, you can find the thousands of other people, you can find what could even be a small minority, right, of other people that all share your opinion, right, and reinforce your opinion, mm. um, you know, in ways that wasn't as feasible before. So I would I would encourage us to be the former, right? To be to use the internet, to use our medium, to invite in different ideas, not just hang out with the crowd that feels cozy. Yeah. Um one of the last questions here for the for the community and for the more um formal show, formal interview, sort of on the back of what we were already talking about, but in terms of events, excuse me, uh that WordPress sort of uh sponsors and WordPress Foundation, WordCamps uh specifically uh, we've seen the introduction of of Pressnomics um, and a few other sort of micro ones pop up. Um, you know, I think uh, I heard WooCommerce is going to be doing one. I think you might have alluded to a TenUpCon happening uh, pretty soon in <laughs> in North America. Just kidding, but maybe. Um, so should we should WordPress be doing different events? Um, you know, under the under the brand, something different than a WordCamp, or do we leave it up to the community to come up with these new events to spur this innovation? Good question. Um, I don't know of a plan for 10UpCon, although you know, maybe I should be writing this down. Um, I do think there are opportunities from other conferences. I don't think we should expect that Automatic, you know, is the only company that can that can bring new ideas and big ideas. Um, I think that there is a big marketplace for conferences that approach beginners, small businesses, right, to help them build their sites. I don't think it. Ha- I also don't think it has to be. It has to start as a centralized, right? I'm going to conquer North America. Right or the world effort, right? I think, um, and I think not only can people get out there and run in their community or their city, it would be very well received, like WordPress how-to workshops, right? Introduction to WordPress workshops. People have done that, right? That's actually not a new thing. I know probably off the top of my head, five, six people that have done that in their communities. And by the way, had a lot of success at it, even like you know, even from a business model, you know, and revenue-making standpoint. Yeah. Um, well, it's been an amazing uh, interview, Jake. I, I, we talked earlier, but we do want to get you back to do to talk a little bit more uh, about the product specifically, um, mm-hmm. and sort of the vision and the architect and 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 all that fun stuff. Um, 
but amazing, amazing advice uh, for the agency, for the freelancer looking to grow um, and jump up to that next level. So um, can't thank you enough for that. And I'm sure that the I can tell by the chat, and I can I can already hear uh, and read the emails coming through uh, and comments from folks um, enjoying it uh, when this actually goes uh, into the iTunes channel. Let's go into the last few segments of the show. We did get a listener question from the chat room that came through. They want to know what ten up means. So ten up means uh, what ten up means is finishing the last ten percent. Really, what ten up is really about is the difference between you know difference between good and great. Right, it's it's not just a little bit better; it's a lot better. Um, you know, we can play with it every which way. I think um, I'd like to take credit for it. I think someone on our team said, um, you know, the good engineers do the uh, get the get the first ninety percent of a project done. The great engineers get the last ten up. Yeah, nice. Um, that kind of idea. Nice. Uh, Segment, uh, what's in your toolbox? What app, uh, be it uh, like an Evernote or Gmail, some other SaaS app, do you use um, do you use on a daily basis maybe to manage uh, your business or, or your, you specifically? Um, and then is there one important app that 10up uses to get through the day? Besides um, WordPress, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of WordPress? Um, I mean, there's a few different tools. I always say, like, I'm, I'm the guy that's actually, ironically, for an engineer, not always never that excited about the tool talks. I mean, if there's one tool that I think all of us use all day long that's become essential to our workflow, I'll, I'll plug HipChat, um, the distributed communication tool. I mean, I think it's really enabled us to have an effective virtual workplace, um, to having one-on-one -on -one meetings and, and private rooms and water cooler rooms and, and project rooms. It's really been, uh, it's become a big part of our of our day-to-day. Yeah, yeah. I started looking at at HipChat as well. It's, it is pretty amazing. So are you are you finally off of uh, IRC? Or are you still using? Yes. That? Okay. No, we <laughs> we have gone away from the open IRC. Nice. Now you can actually pull it up on your phone or your tablet or something like that. Yep. Um, we're gonna jump into uh, the lightning round and ask you a series of quick questions, and you will have a series of quick answers. Now that I'm wiped, now that I'm wiped out right from the hard questions. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. This stuff is <laughs> now easy. throw now throw the fast stuff on me. Yeah. This is the last ten percent, Jake. This is what you're good at. Right. <laughs> not let you down. Um, the number one plugin that you cannot live without uh, besides your own. Um, none of can't count any of our own, huh? Mm. Um. I actually don't have a great answer for my head. We don't use a lot. Of, we don't use a lot of other uh, of other plugins. I mean, some of the Google Analytics, the Google Analytics plugins, right, are great ones that add XML sitemaps. Um, okay, I'll, I'll give you this one. Uh, uh, four strong passwords or limited login attempts. Nice. Uh, what's a favorite WordPress or business book? Um, you know, I read I read widely. Um, I found I'll give you two different. I don't have a favorite WordPress book, to be honest. Um, I I mean, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is always a classic. I haven't read it, you know, in a number of years again, but that's always I think one of my favorites. Um, sort of a classic to stand by. Are you ever gonna publish a WordPress book? Uh, maybe someday in a world where I have more time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to publish another blog post. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Please. <laughs> Please. It'll take me three I, lifetimes to write. I don't know why I didn't. I didn't have that worked in there. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's a quote that you live or run your business by? You want it bad, you get it bad. This is the best business or career advice you ever received from someone. Best business. Um, that's a good question. I feel like uh, it's not one I can answer right off the top of my head. Um, 
Uh, on a yes or no uh, answer, you, you have mentors, right, and, and, and advisors yeah. that you that you, and that is super important. Uh, yeah, as what you mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah, I, mean, I don't have like a one-liner, right? Yeah. Like I can tell you that like the conversations that we have, like the dialogue that we've had. I think that dialogue early on about sort of the finance of business was very eye-opening to me. Um, a mentor that I had that talked, which I've talked at several venues about, talked a lot about recruiting and the importance of always looking for looking for new people and hiring new people and Nice. Uh, shameless plug, wpmentor.org, everybody. Go and sign up. Find yourself a mentor. Find uh, uh, Sign yourself up as a mentor to help other people. Uh, what's the longest a client project has ever taken? Um, well, I mean, we have ongoing sort of never-ending projects, right? We have ongoing maintenance where it's new work every month, so I guess it's forever. <laughs> Infinite. You <laughs> In win. <open> <laughs> yeah. five, five years was the longest-running one. That I that I heard uh, so far. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Good question. Um, I mean, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have an obvious answer. I mean, I think the easiest answer would probably be something like a Drupal, simply because I do beyond WordPress. I genuinely value open source um, platforms and technology. I don't know that there's another very mature open source CMS alternative that I could look to. Nice. Uh, who should I interview next? Good question. Um, I wouldn't. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of who you maybe haven't talked to. Um, I think uh, I would love for somebody. I don't actually know the name of the people, but I'd love for somebody to try to get a hold of the people at data.gov um, that did that migration, right, and get some insight from them into how that process went in the decision went in the decision making. Um, I think. Um, I'd love to hear more from um, some like Yuri and some of the guys at the New York Times about everything that they're doing with WordPress mm. um, yeah. over there. The uh, just a quick note, I actually reached out to somebody from the Massachusetts Department, and they never got back to me because I wanted to talk to them about uh, the at least the the expansion of data for for the state of Massachusetts. I figured it'd be easier for me to land that interview than it was at the federal level. So I'll try again. <laughs> um, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Um. Uh, I don't know. I think you, I, you're so comprehensive. I can't even think of one, Matt. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jake, uh, amazing interview. You know, awesome stuff that we talked about. Um, I, I said it again. I'll say it again. The we'll get another show in so we can talk specifically about the products. Uh, we give push up a little bit more time. Uh, to mature in the marketplace, and you can come back uh, and give us uh, some of your insights uh, that you've and experiences that you that you went through uh, launching the product. Um, that said, tell everybody uh, where they can find this new product and where they can find you uh, on the web. Thank you for that. I was wondering if I could where I was going to be able to sneak the plug in, right? So, <laughs> um, so the specific product is PushUp. It's PushUpNotifications.com, um, and what it does, starting with a great implementation baked into OS 10 Mavericks. Uh, on Mac, the newest version of their operating system, it makes it extremely simple and easy and reliable to deliver desktop push notifications. So if you have a popular client that has a news blog, if you have an intranet for your internal customers that you push news to, um, you know, if you have a, just a personal site that your friends and family follow but they don't want to reload your site every day, um, it makes it extremely easy to deliver news to them right to their desktop even when their browser is closed. Um, it's normally a $14.99 setup fee, which gives you up to 100 unique notifications for life. Um, and then completely pay as you grow pricing, depending on how much you choose to use it and how much engagement that you get. Um, we have on our on the 10up site, if you, uh, we have a promo code in there that takes that setup fee down to just 99 cents. 
Um, it's thanks 10up. Um, I think we still have at least a handful left uh, on the promo. Nice. So well, check it out. Yeah, and then, of course, 10up.com is our and, you know, and, core business. And your blog? Uh, JakeGoldman.me. You can read my posts from three months ago. Yeah, <laughs> that, where, where you post annually. Now that we've gotten the product, that, that this product out, maybe I, I'll have a little bit more time. So let, let's just tease. Let's just tease this business talk uh, about uh, push up. When I saw that launch, is it? Let me. Okay, because I don't have any of this stuff prepared. <laughs> with, with just an evil grin. What is the business? Is it selling the product in the in the in the push notification seats, for lack of a better word, or is it the data for the publishing companies? What are, so what what literally are we selling? Yeah, like, I mean, when you point? look at the product, are you are you more excited for the revenue you get from installing the plugin client side service, or is it the data that you can sell to publishers at, in the back end? Um, I mean. I think the analytics are useful to them, but I don't think our analytics are meaningful without the feature. So I mean, I truly believe that the actual feature itself is the core of what we're selling. I think good analytic data that we provide, good insights into how people are going to be used, justify the cost. Right? This, but this isn't like a Google Analytics replacement, right? It's not going to give them like suddenly a much deeper level of data analysis on their site than they're probably getting from other sources like Omniture. I, I really do believe it's not just fluff that when we look at the future of publishing, right, whether it's on mobile or starting with desktop, and by the way, I would be shocked if Apple doesn't introduce website-based push notifications in iOS 8, right? I think they were just testing the waters for volume and usage um, starting it on Mavericks. The idea of delivering the, for the sites that you most love, right, or think social networks or forums, delivering on demand from websites without having to install an app Right, locally, notifications, I think is the future, right? Like the idea that I open up some feed reader that strips out all the context, right, and all the ads and, and malformats their images, right? Um, the idea that that's the future, the idea that going and clicking reload across 10 tabs every day, right, that's not the future, right? The future is the sites and the news you most care about, selectively curated by those publishers, is going to come right to your devices. Um, and we want to we want to provide those solutions to some of our biggest customers. It's already running on sites like, you know, sites like Giga, you know, GigaOM and 9to5Mac. Um, we have other large customers that'll be rolling it out. Um, we want to be able to really provide this answer to getting to the future as we do across our services to our customers and, and to everybody else who wants to get in on it. And Steve Jobs said there'd never be a seven-inch iPad too, but uh, hey, you know, you there might isn't. get <laughs> you you might get into There's the data. Age. Oh yeah, an eight inch. Sorry, <laughs> you might get into the data game one day. But that's uh, awesome stuff, Jake. Yeah, uh, can't wait to sit down and talk to you about that. Everybody, thanks for joining. Uh, if you want to uh, learn how to grow your business, connect with other awesome WordPress entrepreneurs. It's mattreport.com/slash/join. Uh, check that out uh, to. to uh, to join an awesome community uh, with awesome folks, uh, folks like Jason, Lisa, Pam, uh, all sorts of uh, new people, new faces every day. If you want to just support the site, share it, tell folks, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Uh, thanks, everybody.